0: audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Start playing with some jam in here. Let's go. This is the Orange and Backcheck podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt.
1: Well, Well, this is episode 21. It has felt like seven months since we did a Orange and Backcheck podcast. We, of course, are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, They are still out and about. You can use promo code BACKCHECK for when you inevitably sports come back and you can uh, get your $1,000 sign-up bonus. Uh, Sitting across from me is a guy that I don't know what he's done with himself for the last week with no hockey, Scott Weinhardt. How are you, brother?
0: Um, I don't know. I've grown a beard. I've kind of <laughs> gone without food and water and pondering the, what is life at this point, really? Actually, no. I, I'll be honest with you. This, is, this whole thing has got my full attention. Yeah. It got my full attention late last week, and now it's like, not consume me, but, I mean, I'm making sure that I'm paying close attention to everything that's being said every single day. Um, I'll say this. I would never thought I'd see something like this in my lifetime. I don't think think any of
1: us did. I I think this is one of those things, and and obviously we'll talk about the NHL, but for this specific podcast, one, uh, we are in a different setup than we normally are. So if we sound a little different, that's why. If you hear screaming children, wives yelling at us, that is why. We are both... (laughs) Uh, Definitely the wives
0: yelling. Definitely the wives yelling part.
1: So we're recording in our respective homes. So with this current setup, we each had our studios essentially shut down, literally shut down because of uh, COVID-19 and the coronavirus. So we'll get into the NHL effects. The sports landscape is completely changed for, I think, forever. I think – I have a theory on what's about to happen with the sports world that we'll get into later in the pod. But focused on what's just – the COVID-19 outbreak. Yeah, I don't think anyone realized how bad this was until it really, like, I think it's all, it all came down to Rudy Gobert. As soon as Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz and the NBA was diagnosed as a positive outbreak, everything changed. Like, I, the NHL had planned to get a no-fans uh, arena, which a part of me was like, wow, that's going to be really weird to see. And at the same time, I was like, "That's a really interesting thing that I'm good. I kind of want to see. Like, can you imagine Claude Giroux or Travis Konechny, any of these guys scoring a game winning goal in a playoff scenario in an empty arena? That's crazy to me. But it's also in- it's 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 interesting to think about
0: yeah, I, I, and we'll get there, but I think I think a couple things that we should address first as more of a public service announcement than anything else is that, you know, before we touch on hockey, people really didn't understand the one thing about this whole thing. I know that people are freaking out. A lot of people are losing jobs. Um, you know, it's been unfortunate to see so far. Of course. It's, uh, every company's making changes because of things that you have, you know, the government talking about basically free money for everybody just to keep this thing going to pay your bills. There's just a lot of misinformation out there, you know. When people started freaking out, I would say towards the end of last week, over the weekend, I saw all this stuff pop up on social media. Like, oh, well, the coronavirus, if you get it, it sits in your throat for three days. And if you gargle oh, salt yeah. water, it goes away. Yeah, Okay. It's a respiratory virus. Hey, that's not going to work. So if you read that, guess what? It's full of crap. Don't listen to that because it's nonsense. You're not going to gargle a virus away. It's going to get in your lungs. That's what's going to happen you hearing these whole things of, oh, my goodness, it's a conspiracy. It's, it's a bioweapon, and, and and we went to China, and the army put it there, and, and it's the Russians, and uh, shut up, okay? None of that's true.
1: Thankfully, the only ones that were really pushing that narrative were the Chinese themselves. China Strange enough, right? Yeah, like the, the there was a Chinese official that was saying how this was actually spread by the U.S. Army that started it because the virus itself started in Wuhan. Uh, if you obviously you should be aware of that by now but if you're not that's where it started i think i read that it was because of a bat because obviously a pangolin,
0: a pangolin. yeah a pangolin is a very like scaly like it's got like almost kind of like like an armadillo type animal mm-hmm. and this virus what happens with viruses what they do is that viruses are all around this thing they just sometimes when they go in and they invade a cell and they come out they mutate and this one happened to mutate where it was able to latch to a human lung cell that's exactly what happened you know there there was oh, I listened to Joe Rogan he had a he had a doctor on who's a doctor on infectious diseases i can't remember his name but it was one of the best things the one of the best most informational things i've ever heard because he was saying that you know when i started my career i i i was in like, things where they were talking about like bioweapons and viruses and stuff like that. He goes, But we, we're, we're not this good at it. <laughs> we're, we could not make something like this. This is Mother Nature doing its own thing. And that's what happened. So that was Dr. Well,
1: uh, Mike, Michael Osterholm.
0: Yes, that's it. Thank you very much. To that Thank damn
1: you, pod. It was very insightful. He's, he, was. He, has a, he talked about uh, his whole thing. I forget the title of his book, but I'm uh, talking about Dr. Osterman, Osterholm he said something like he's written for years now about the big thing is going to be the next war is the war on a virus because this is going to be the global pandemic of what happens right and so he's been calling for this for a while so this was right up his alley and good for joe rogan to get this guy on
0: yeah it was a good find for him and you know, and, and that's what drives me nuts is that now this is like where you'll see a lot of misinformation. Just please don't buy into it. Please listen to your local, state, and federal officials. I know people are going to complain and saying that even the federal officials are they were too slow at to, it. Okay, don't complain about that right now. There are a lot of people who are going to be affected by this. You could be potentially a carrier, not know it. Stay the hell home. If you're able to work from home, stay there. Don't go out unnecessarily. Okay, listen to your officials. Don't be like, oh well, I could probably get it and I'll be fine. Stop thinking of yourself, thinking about the people you're passing it on to, like family members who might have health problems. Like, for instance, you know, my my mom was supposed to come down this past weekend and and my grandmother to visit the boys because they haven't seen them in a while to visit yeah. my kids. And we had to tell them not to come because the thing is, is that they can severely be impacted with it. I could be carrying it, nobody could know it. But the whole thing is is that. I hope not, but still, the point is, I would feel terrible if I found out that I had it, didn't know it, and I affected a family member and they got real sick from it. So think of it from that perspective. And don't think of it about just your family. Think about others' family as well. This is the time where we have to kind of think outside the box and start thinking of other people instead of ourselves for the most time. And yeah. that's, that's really all. That's really all this, this can do it. Things are going to change day by day, week by week. I mean, hell, look at last Monday. Nothing was going on. By Wednesday, the, the crap started hitting the fan. And by Friday, it was almost mayhem. So yeah. things are changing really fast.
1: I w- so my wife and I, we went to the store last Sunday. Yeah, a couple of days ago, this most recent Sunday. And I had never seen anything like this. Like, there was no toilet paper. There was, And, like, the toilet paper thing, fine. Like, I, I, I understand it, and I also get annoyed by it. But if that's what you need, that's what you need. I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to judge you if you're buying 17 gallons of milk that all expire on the same day. But again, you need to stock up. Like, I, And then I went today uh, to just grab a few items uh, for just general dinner or whatever we needed. Nothing, literally nothing in the paper towel aisle, in the toilet paper aisle, the disinfectant aisle. So this is, I, there's a great video. Uh, I think it was on Vox. I think it was Vox.com. It shows not hand sanitizer, not disinfectant, just plain old soap, what soap does to a virus. It's like I get into those kind of videos of what soap does. You like, and me
0: both, man. They're so informative.
1: Yeah. What, those, what soap does to a virus is absolutely insane. And you don't think about it because it's soap. You, you use right. it w- before this. You maybe used it once a week at the end of the, like when you cook chicken. like yeah. You never or when you took a dump. Like you didn't actually. Hopefully, hopefully you
0: washed your hands if you take it home.
1: I don't know about you, but I have really taken notice of what uh, I'm touching throughout the day. Like in my, I'm in the radio industry, as we all know, and you were in it. Like there's no, I'm still working at my office. The salespeople are no longer there. The traffic people are no longer there. But my, me, myself and the show that I work with, we're all still there. And the amount of stuff that I touch really open is really taking notice throughout this past week because of what's going on and i find myself washing my hands four times an hour five times an hour like it's crazy what this little virus what this little thing that as people are calling it the invisible enemy which is like Kind of true, kind of not, because you can see them if you, like, zoom it's in on them with a microscope.
0: ridiculously stupid to think yeah. of an invisible enemy. We're not, with all due respect, we're not fighting a war here, okay? It's yeah. not exactly a war. We're not, well, not going to battle.
1: I'm, I'm more just, focused, like, calling it invisible. Yes, to the naked eye it's invisible, but the scientists can z- yeah, see it because totally. they have the, the technology to zoom in on it. So that, electron that
0: microscope.
1: Of, yeah, that kind of stuff. That's what, that's where, what I'm coming from. But yes, you're right. Like just the concept of a war is a little far-fetched too. Like you're just trying to combat this thing any way possible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, the silly thing is, is that, you know, like I said, you're going to get a lot of disinformation. I used to wash my hands and still do all the time anyway. I I was, was just one of the things where I haven't washed my hands in a few hours and going to wash my hands. I really hope that people are more cognizant about it going forward. I really do. I really hope that, you know, if anything, if there if, you know, there is a bright side out of this, maybe it's a wake up call for us that we need to change our habits as a people, whether it's washing your hands more, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, taking care of people. Uh, We can And and speaking about that, we're going to get into that is because, you know, there's a lot of people who could be out of work right now. And the first ones that were affected were the people of the entertainment industry. Talk about the people who are at the arenas and. You know, most of the teams are taking care of their employees in some fashion. But then you have like the Minnesota Wild who really they've kind of announced something now. But Craig mm-hmm. Leopold, the owner, of that, the owner of the Wild, he's he's got a reputation of being a cheap ass because yeah. he went well, back in back in 2013. After the last lockout, he had just signed Zach Parise and Ryan Suter to really long-term deals, expensive deals, and then he wanted a 20% rollback on their salary after signing them before they even played a game. How stupid is that? So that's the kind of guy he was. I think he got pressured into it because they're doing something with part-time employees now. The one that really isn't at the moment, um, well, two got bullied into it. Jeremy Jacobs, who's the dirtbag owner of the Boston Bruins, he wasn't going to do anything for his employees. Finally, he got pressured into it. And same thing with the Calgary Flames. They weren't going to do anything, which really surprises me. Now they've gotten pressured from fans and media, but originally weren't. Boston Bruins, like players like Brad Marchand and other players were going in a a GoFundMe account to pay for these people who depend on these uh, games to make a living. And if you're just going to say, well, no, you're not working to recancel, I'm not going to pay you. You know these guys are billionaires. You know you're you're cheap. If you're doing it, you're cheap, and you really don't give a flying crap about anybody but yourself. And frankly, if you weren't going to take the pay, pay, take care of the people during a pandemic like this and a situation where a lot of people are going to be financially hurt from it, then you can go to hell. <laughs> so l- luckily, they are. But the only one, there's still one. There's still one. And this is mind-boggling. The- Yeah, that can kiss my big, fat ass just straight up, okay? I'm talking to you, Bill Foley. You're worth $500 million, okay? You're in Las Vegas. You own the Vegas Golden Knights, and you're going to say that you don't have a plan in place or a plan to pay any of these employees that work for you in the entertainment headquarters of the world. You're going to tell me that you don't have a plan in place to pay any of your marina staff – Who were displaced by that. But yet again, the casinos out there now want a bailout. Not to make it political. But the point is, what kind of crap is that? I'm doing all I can to watch my mouth here. Seriously, I am. Because I am extremely pissed off the fact that there is someone who has $500 million. $500 million. And you're not going to pay these people a penny for money that they depend on by working these events. And if you don't do something like that, you're selfish. And I can tell you what. I will never, if he does not change his way, I, I'll never go out and watch a game in Vegas. I'll never give my money to him, and nobody should. And that, and frankly, he should be boycotted somehow. If he's the only owner that's not going to do it, then seriously, something needs to be done where he needs to be punished somehow. Because no, you can't treat yeah. people like that. I mean, whether the league does something, I don't know if they can, technically it's his right, but the thing is, you have 30 other teams doing something, and you have one guy who's not having anything so far. I'm sure he'll get pressured into it at some point, but the fact that it would take this long and he's the last one to jump on board shouldn't, it's not acceptable.
1: No, it's not. And it's one of those things where, like, I'm not going to judge the owner that takes a little while, like a day or two to figure things out. Cause it, right. it is, like, it's going to take a little bit to figure out your financial, what, no matter how much money you have, it's going to take a little bit to figure out how much money you have to uh, uh, allocate towards these employees. It, like you have to go through the fight i'm sure there's some sort of tax break that they also want to figure out that they can use down the line in the 2021 tax season obviously that's that's just part of this game but when we are almost a week in and they're still quote-unquote figuring it out it's total bs in my opinion i'm totally with you like just the fact that more players like the first play or one of the first players to donate money, I think he donated $100,000, was a 19-year-old kid in Zion Williamson of the New Orleans Pelicans in the NBA. Like, yeah. Like, that's crazy to me. A 19-year-old kid who's barely, like, in the league right now. I think he only had played 20 games because he had an injury uh, to start the season. And then, obviously, this happened. Like, right? the fact that he was one of the first to step up before all of the owners, Kind of is just rubs me the wrong way. I like it's so tough for me to say that a boycott works because I don't think boycotts work. In my like at the end of the day, the person that doesn't go is replaced immediately by the person that does want to go,
0: right? 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 So that's the absolute truth.
1: Cancels each other out, but at the end of the day, these players, other than or these owners, are coming through, and that's good this year, except for freaking Bill Foley.
0: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me i mean it, you, you can google the guy and look it up and he's where he's what he's been in a finance thing uh he's worth i think uh, he's worth over five hundred million dollars more definitely more than that his net worth is uh let's see uh stock uh, five hundred million forty million dollars in stock as of september of two thousand nineteen i mean come on man over the years he sold stock worth over three hundred and twenty eight million dollars so you're going to sit there and tell me that you don't have an ability to pay average everyday people to be able to take care of their lives and do things in time because it's not their fault it got shut down. It's not their fault the virus came out and you know broke out and man, they can't go to work now. Those people should be compensated somehow, and it's the right thing to do. And you know what? In times of stressful situations, you can really see someone's self-worth and see what they value. Yeah, and and this guy clearly, if that's the case, I really question his moral values. He really probably doesn't have any if that's the case, because you don't treat people like that. These people are making you money, they're making you successful and doing work for you so you can sit on your fancy little yacht and you're not gonna take care of them. So you can kiss my ass, Bill Foley. Go to hell.
1: Yeah, and it's just like and then on the the everyday scale, what I was talking about earlier with the people that are just hoarding all of these. These food products, these, these these essential uh toiletries and bathroom things that you need in everyday life, like those are the same kind of people. They're all cut from the same cloth, sadly. One's just a billionaire and getting a little bit more attention and rightfully so. And then you have people that are hoarding all the toilet paper at ten dollars or whatever it is. And like the jackass you saw the jackass in Tennessee that tried to hoard all the hand sanitizer. Hand sand- I
0: was just going to mention that. Yeah. He, he, he tried to hoard all the hand sanitizer to sell it on Amazon and on eBay. And they won't let him do
1: it. He's so, stuck
0: with it now. I, I love that. Him.
1: I think yeah. I even saw that he was trying to just get rid of it. Like he'll donate it, but I might yeah. be wrong on that. Cause at one of the, it's one of those things where I'm just like, well, that's a jackass and you move on. Like there's nothing else you can yeah. really say. about. The
0: guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The fact that he's gotten
1: a story about him is, is insane. Yeah. So, uh, Looking at the landscape of sports now, like forget we, we talked about the, the greedy billionaire. We talked about just the general overall reaction. There's been a couple proposals of where this goes, specifically the NHL, um, where they want to go. They would start uh, the playoffs in August and September uh, yeah. after a, they would have a mini training camp even like they would start it. I believe it was in July. Uh, and then it would kind of work its way up into, uh, into the, uh, into the postseason. excuse me. This just, it just feels weird. The weirdest part about it was it was a player proposal and someone explained to me, Jason Martinez of, uh, of the, the Philadelphia Flyers, and he does some stuff for radio.com. Um, he explained that the players are eager to get back on the ice because of that game day revenue that they split the pot. Uh, they, they, like there's, No matter what happens here, the NHL, the NBA, they're all suffering uh, financially because of this. So I get, after being explained that, what are your thoughts on an NHL season like this where it starts in early July, then they'll finally get to finish the season in late July, and then the playoffs in August, September?
0: Well, here's the thing. First of all, I can see why the players want to get back because of escrow. Right. Because they're going to split the revenues 50-50, but if they have not built up to the point with the salaries yet and the owners are losing about close to 20 games. So um, you're going to see that probably the cap go down next year and, and escrow go up for the players. It's going, to be, it's going to be a bit messy. But that's why I think that they need to kind of find a way to work this out depending on when it would come back. You know, everybody's talking, speculating right now. Baseball's talking about the earliest they're going to come back is probably for Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. So you're talking, okay, so baseball was a month away from starting, and they were in spring training, and they were, they were about let's say about what three weeks from starting from opening from opening day, and they're saying, um, now Memorial Day, so that's close to two months for them, okay, so we stopped at the beginning of middle of early March, uh, say what a week away, so like so you're talking about may starting back up again sometime in early May, you would think at the earliest, yeah. The question becomes then, okay, so May, you're in between the semifinals uh, the, the, the the semifinals and the conference finals. You're between that right, right there. At the end of May, normally, you get about, you know, right about, that's when the Stanley Cup usually happens. So, they talked, you're right, they talked about the thing about, okay, having like a, a quick tune-up and then going into things and then basically rolling right into the season next after that. The question I have about that is that how do you get that to work out? In my view, regardless of what happens, there's going to be time to be able to work out and play for the Stanley Cup. There's got to be. You can't, but the only time they've really ever done and not had a Stanley Cup, um, I believe, was with the 1917-18 uh, Spanish flu pandemic. I believe there wasn't one uh, given there. Um, and, of course, we all know 2005 when they had the lockout.
1: Which I so, didn't know that that's engraved on the cup. The 2000- really? I did you know this? I found out that I was listening to a podcast and they brought in it was just a random like you know they they the Stanley Cup goes on tour for like 9 months out of the year including mm-hmm. the the eventual champion. They uh describe it as they have it inscribed on one of the rings of the Stanley Cup the 2004-2005 season canceled or something along those words or something along that language.
0: Yeah, I know that they during that season what they did is they gave everybody out to um uh what's it called um uh, like all the people who had won the cup before they got it basically had a chance to take the day for the cup mm-hmm. um but yeah since the 1914-15 season the cup has been won a combined 103 times by 20 teams uh it was not awarded in 1919 because of the spanish flu, in 2005 because of the lockout so i was right it was only twice yeah. um so that's what i'm saying is that you know spanish flu is a completely different story um I, I I mean, it depends. If everybody's starting to get back to normal by May, and it's amazing that it's March and we're talking about May starting this back up, it's gonna be interesting to see. I yeah. think that you can't just throw the teams into the playoffs because like the Winnipeg Jets, they're they're they they would be out by by a technicality. And I think it has got to be a little bit of a tune up here, but there's also time because you've got to see a little bit of volatility in the standings. Maybe you have a five game season and essentially maybe have a playoff or something along those lines for teams that are on the outside looking in and have them battle to get in, that sort of thing. What really sucks about it, though, is this, is that we talk about the favorite F word. What is it? Flow. Well, there's going to be no flow. There's no, going to be no flow heading into the playoffs. These teams, just just the fact that they've been out oh, two weeks now, is the, has it been a week or two? It's been close to two
1: uh yeah no we're about a week wait has it been a week no it's been about a week
0: about a week so yeah, just last because week,
1: it was actually around uh, the timing of this recording when everything started to break out about with yeah Rudy Gobert
0: it's only Wednesday it's weird it's only Wednesday it feels so much longer than that you know the thing is though is that okay so we're we're a week out from it we're looking at another month from here they're gonna be they're basically going to need um like I, I go I can, a break-in period, I would have to say, because not a training, but a break-in because they're going to have to knock the rust off. You don't want to have teams go to the playoffs that, like the Flyers who are actually playing well to this point, and because they're rusty, (laughs) all of a sudden they're they're done for the season. That would really suck. So they're going to have to get creative here and do something, maybe something where there's a a tune-up period for all the other teams, and then there's basically a couple teams that are saying, okay, you guys are on the fringe here. You're going to battle it out to see who gets in. There's been so many scenarios. The Athletic put out a bunch of them. Um, they have um, so many different um, – on Down Grows Brown, they had so many different scenarios. It was insane. I think it was um, 11 or 12 different scenarios on it. But the point is is that the good news, they have 13. The, the The idea is that they have to get creative with this because think about it this way. This could be really good. Or it could be really bad because think about it. When people have on all these restrictions go away, people are going to want to go out again. People are going to go spend their money if they're working again and being able to go to these public events and do these things that they weren't able to do for God knows how long. It's going to be
1: yeah, because there's no way this is just going thirty days. The NBA said they'll reevaluate no. in thirty days. I think the NHL said something similar. There's no way this is starting up again uh, on time at the end of this month. Like there's no. just no way.
0: No, no way. And that's the thing is that. Okay, so how do you make it work then? Because inevitably, this could be where okay, now all of a sudden you're starting up. You have hockey, you have uh, you have baseball, and you have basketball all going on at the same time with a short summer going into football season. You know, and then you got baseballs going to reconfigure their schedule. How late is that going to go? And then you got to think about the bigger picture, which is next season. What starts for next season? You can't ask these guys to go all the way through the summer and then basically do another eighty-two game season. So what do you do? You shave off games next season, go to 75?
1: That's so, what, that's that's my point. Like the, the craziness of the the players propose this because I think it was the, the Stanley Cup would be rewarded in September. They would have a short break, and then by November they're back in it for the 2020-2021 season. That is right. crazy to me. And I would anticipate them to try and get 82 games in because again, they need to get this revenue back they're losing hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars on this now and despite all that something tell i like as much as i want hockey back and i love that the flyers were one of the best teams in the nhl they are the hottest team in the nhl at the time of this unfortunate break i think we saw the last of the flyers nhl season for 2019-2020 in boston or against <sighs> boston I don't know I think about it's that. Over, man.
0: I don't, you know, you people might think that. I, I, I have a little more, I have a little more belief that they're going to try to make this work. I, I just, I can't think of any other reason why they would not. I mean, to have not to Ward the Stanley Cup twice in 15 years when he did it once in the last 100, yeah. God, the NHL's got to try to find a way to make that happen. And I think that while we could talk about just the Flyers, I mean, there's 15 other teams that were looking to do the same thing. So, um, um, you know, that's, that's my whole point is that I think that the NHL is going to try to find a way to make it work. And because people are going to want to do things, there's going to be people who weren't going to go to these games and enjoy life again. So, you know, I, I, I don't think we've seen the last of it. I just get concerned about when it starts back up again, how much time it's going to need to really get back to that flow because you know, their last game was a loss, and usually when you your last game of the season is a loss, it's not a good thing. You want to have your last game of the season as a win in June, but uh, you know, I I don't think that we've seen a loss to Boston, which Tugarest was insane, by the way.
1: We oh, completely talk about that it's game. It's so weird, like we can't even like break down that game. Exactly,
0: exactly, because that's the thing. It felt like so long ago, but I'll say this. The way Tuka Rask was playing that night, I was watching him early and the way his body positioning was and the way he was reacting to shots. I remember saying earlier, like, man, they're not scoring on him tonight. They're just they're just not yeah. like it's gonna take so much luck. And he played out of his mind on his birthday, by the way. It
1: but, was his birthday. But listen, it was if I'm proven wrong and the Flyers in the NHL comes back and we have a playoff and everything's hunky dory, and we just all of a sudden this is like huge blip on the ever-changing sports landscape. There's only one sportsbook app you have to go to to get back into the action when we get to that point. And that's America's top-rated sportsbook app, DraftKings Sportsbook. The sports landscape is ever-changing. Obviously, we've seen a huge change over the last just week or so. And DraftKings Sportsbook is has us covered all of the way. They're updating us regularly on what's going to be happening. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Knows her thing or two about sports-inspired payday. They are based right here in the United States, not offshore bull crap where you have to go through hoops to get your money. Quick and easy to withdraw your funds so you know your funds are safe and secure. There's a no need to meet a bookie in a barber shop or in a back alley to bet on sports. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever. You don't have to leave your house. Since literally you don't have to leave your house, and what a better time to not leave your house than when you're under a freaking quarantine, right? Yeah. Since launching, DraftKings Sportsbook has skyrocketed to the top of the sportsbook app at the App Store and is the top-rated sportsbook app. All you got to do: download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and get ready for when all of sports comes back with promo code BackCheck when you sign up for a limited time. All new users can get a sign-up bonus up to one thousand dollars. That's what? code. Yeah, dude, a thousand dollars cash money signing up. Okay. So all you got to do is to use the promo code backcheck to get your sign up bonus again, up to one thousand dollars only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Now you got to be twenty one or older in Pennsylvania only. In partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino, bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to five hundred dollars. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Like, I think about this, and I, I think if the only positive that I can see out of this uh, thing, if we're seeing, if we're trying to find that silver lining, this is a great opportunity that, and again, it comes down to revenue. So you'd have to work it out the nba and nhl we've discussed especially the nhl obviously cuz we're a flyers podcast the, the 82 game schedule has always been a little funky i haven't had the biggest problem with it i think it's fair right where it is however for the advocates that are wanted a shortened season i think this is that time this is this is your moment to like really argue for it especially if they bring back the season before the end of uh, after this like if 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 hockey somehow comes back this is your opportunity to argue for a shortened season
0: fair fair and i agree and i think the season's too long to begin with now that's me a hockey guy saying that i think the season's too long 82 games is just too much you should get a lot of situations with these back-to-backs multiple times per year wears down your teams with bad unfavorable matchups um I'm not a huge fan of this of the 82 game season. I think what it's more exacerbated in basketball because 100%. then you have like you know games where you, you're going to put off like Joel Embiid for load management. Okay, so mm-hmm. a guy goes and he spends a lot of money. He takes his family to a Sixers game and he has kids with him and he wants to see Joe. And the kids want to see Joel Embiid. Well, guess what? He's on the bench tonight because of load management. Now, granted, yeah. you're there to see the Sixers, but you also want to see the biggest stars hockey doesn't really have that problem per se but the point is i don't mean to talk over you i apologize but the the, the point is is that you know i think if you shorten the game the shortened season by seven games just go to 75 i'm not saying something drastic 75 is a fair number you know that's seven less games that's one playoff series less and it's a little more of what the load management you're talking about so you can spread the games out and you will get better matchups because we saw it with the Flyers before. Yeah, they were winning on these back to backs, but especially over the past week before they both lost the winning streak on the back to back, they didn't play their best hockey. So you know that's the thing is that towards later in the season when you have a ton of those, it's it's not good hockey. Sometimes, sometimes
1: we're, I think what, we, what I think the NBA can learn from this, the NHL, and the NBA has actually already started doing this to some degree just start the season earlier. Like you can start the season in uh, mid-September, late September, and do exactly what you're talking about. Get rid of so many back-to-backs, especially what the Flyers faced, particularly this season with going to Prague, coming back, going on the West Coast, coming back, playing back-to-backs. It was crazy. Like the simple solution is just spacing out the season. Yeah, 82 games can be a lot, but at the end of the day – All these guys need is just rest. And as weird as as I say that, if you start the season earlier, you also get rid of those extended like week-by-weeks outside of the All-Star break. Because every once in a while, I think every team has at least one per season outside of the All-Star break.
0: Yeah, they do. They have one bye-week per season.
1: So you can get rid of that, but you can also still keep them on rest because you're getting them out of the back-to-backs, two day rests at some points and then as many i think the most you would have could go is three days rest and keep it at 82 games all these guys really need in my opinion is just rest and recovery because they have these professional trainers around them that are rejuvenating their bodies to at a professional level that neither of you and i will ever get to experience in our lifetime
0: eh, maybe maybe you
1: yeah right <laughs> well, what do you think i'm doing did you see me skate when we played hockey a couple weeks yeah, ago? you
0: know what I, yeah that's right no i didn't see you skate i saw you sliding around on your ass that's hey, what i saw like
1: i said a couple in our most re, uh, the uh, last pod i'm lewis from the mighty ducks i can <laughs> skate i just can't stop that's uh-huh. the problem
0: uh-huh uh-huh but uh-huh. like that
1: but all you all they have to do start the season earlier short sure. and then ipso facto the Stanley Cup playoffs end a little bit sooner uh the cup is awarded sooner and it's just it it just seems simpler for everyone and you could argue more for every 4 years having a big all or excuse me the olympic break which by the way there's no way I don't think the olympics are happening this year they're I, I for told one I completely forgot they were happening there's no way they're happening now, especially if the NBA extends their season into the middle of the summer in july and august there's no way it's happening so all they got then by doing this starting the early season earlier and ending it earlier you can have a better argument as players who are the alex Veterans of the world that are going to wherever the olympics are being held no matter what to represent their home country For alex Ovechkin's case obviously russia so i think there's a benefit to just starting the season earlier and keeping it at 82 games
0: no, and I completely agree with you. I, I 100% agree, and I think that one of the most important things you said out of that is, is the Olympic participation because mm-hmm. what, what kills me is that, again, you couldn't watch the Olympics a couple of years ago with the guys who, frankly, with all due respect, they're not the best players in the world, okay? Yeah. There was nothing better, regardless, that Canada won. There was nothing better than the United States and Canada going into overtime in 2010 and Crosby scoring the golden goal. Yeah. Seriously. That was you, you, you know, it sucked in the moment when you look back like you couldn't write anything better. Like no the, all the best players from the United States and Canada, the biggest hockey rivalry in the world, and then you had the best player in the world, he is before, scoring, before, the goal, scoring the goal or the game winning goal. Well,
1: we well, we say that you couldn't script that any better before we get angry hate mail, and you can always email us at orange and backcheck at gmail We're not saying Lake Placid nineteen eighty is uh, is uh, lesser than that moment. It's the Correct. greatest moment in ho- hockey and Olympic history. What we're saying is on the professional level Correct. of this, because if you Correct. recall – there were amateurs on the 1980 Placid team. Correct. Sorry.
0: There were college kids. They right were college so
1: calm, kids. Calm, calm the hate yeah. mail before yeah. we get lambasted.
0: <laughs> you know, I've been up there. I coached a I coached a tournament up there. That's Man, a cool tell spot. You, I want to I,
1: I want to go up there.
0: Oh, it, I'm telling you, anybody you get an opportunity to you, you, you have to. Can Am uh, the Can Am Hockey Turn tor- um, Hockey Company? Mm-hmm. Um, they have tournaments up there all the time, dude. We went up there. I took the six-hour drive up there. It was amazing, and then up there for the day, dude, it snowed the whole second day. I seen it. we oh, didn't see cool. snow down here. It's the coolest thing. Um, but yeah, like we played the championship game um, on, on the ice where the U.S. won, and like every locker room is labeled which which uh, which country was in which locker room. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, when in our championship game i think we were in um i think we were in the russian locker room i'm not even joking oh that's cool <laughs> it that's was cool. really neat it was such it's such a cool experience that herb brooks memorial arena dude. And i'm it's it's beyond wonderful but yeah i'm not talking about 1980 i'm talking about you know the cuz nobody realized, probably probably don't remember that the nhl players didn't start playing in the olympics till 1998 in nagano and they yeah. played in 2 in salt lake and then they played in 06 in torino and then 2010 in Vancouver, and then 2014 was in um, was Sochi. in Russia. Yeah, Sochi in Russia. And that was the last time I did it. I mean, yeah. but at the same time, like that was such great promotion for the league that people. I don't know why the fact that people didn't really they don't they couldn't get a negotiated to get it done. Like that's that's when I realized that okay, NHL really doesn't care about the fact that. they're taking the best players in the world and putting them in the world stage where everybody can see everybody in the world is watching for two weeks. That should be nothing but straight promotion. But yet again, their marketing team can't do enough with it. And not only that too, they're idiots for not allowing players to go because guess what? During those two weeks during the Olympics, nobody's watching the NHL. Nobody's watching it. So you had an opportunity to do something. You can't take them off the stage. So yeah, I agree with you. I I agree with you. Shorten the season, let them do it every 4 years, give them a little more of a stretch here. And that'll way you can expand upon All-Star weekend as well. You can do more with that because then you get silly little things where let's go in the concourse and shoot pucks into a target that has nothing to do with hockey, but let's do it to make fun. But you can expand upon that. Yep. All-Star weekend or have something where you're doing something where you know, we we talk about how those stadium series is watered down, but you can really focus in on making sure everybody has not watching around the Winter Classic itself. If you expand it out, yeah, you could be it could be a lot better. Shorten to seventy five. Start it in the late September, middle of wow. September. That'd be the great. That'd be the best thing for the league to can do.
1: No, I a hundred percent agree. And as we wrap this up, I mean, let's just go back to what we started with. Wash your hands, people. Yeah. That is yeah. the number one thing you can do that will get us our sports back. We're, we t- talk about what we're hearing now on our uh, on our televisions and our interviews and on the radio. We want to flatten that curve because the, the, the concept is the less that infected at one time, the better our medical systems can handle this outbreak of the COVID-19 virus. So it's just like what... There's nothing better else to do other than just wash your freaking hands, please. And we'll be back to hopefully awarding the Stanley Cup, hopefully in September, apparently. That's apparently the goal.
0: And let's remember two things, too. Watch for misinformation, and also please practice social distancing. Understand that this is an airborne virus, so breathing alone can spread it. It is not a fake fact. That is the truth is that if you just breathe on somebody and you don't know you have it, that's how you can transmit it. Just please, everybody, please be careful, okay? Please wash your hands. Please stay away from other people. Stay home if you can. Just stay
1: the hell home. And listen, don't think we're going away. We still plan on doing these podcasts. We're going to talk about whatever and whatever, whatever and wherever we can think of something. I mean, we're going to treat this like an off-season podcast at this point. like Because I think that's – but we're also going to have some fun with it. We're going to be talking about movies, TV, what we're watching, books, all that good stuff. Uh, so a few recommendations of what we're watching. You got anything that you're watching right now?
0: Yeah. Actually, I started Westworld back up.
1: Oh, I just finished season two again.
0: I just finished season one. I oh, got into okay. it. And I, I started watching it when it came out, and I wasn't getting into it. But then I, I don't know why. I was like, you know what, let me try it again. And now I'm watching it. First season the last episode just blew me away. Yep. My, my son woke up at 4.30 this morning, and I couldn't fall asleep for two hours. So I watched the last episode of season Don't one. Don't blame you.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: I'll tell you what, man. All... I was not seeing that with the man in black. Sorry. Right?
1: So here's what I will say about season two without a spoil. Like, just it's, it's a lot more wacky in terms of, like, uh, where you are. Like, it does a lot of layering and storytelling yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I'm
0: so confused by it. Yeah, so
1: really pay attention to what happens in this second season. That's my advice to you, because I'll, I'll start probably season three. I'm excited to see Aaron Paul, former uh, Jesse from Breaking Bad, is in season three. So that's going to be exciting. Um, I'm going to say Hunters. Hunters on Amazon with Al Pacino. Uh, it's uh, it's the hunting of the Nazis that came over to America by a group of like Holocaust survivors, they're actually Most of them are, I think, all of them actually are all Holocaust survivors in some sort of way. And I'm like halfway through that show right now. Wow, very how good is show. that? Uh, it's a very good show. It, it's good. Easy, it's an easy to watch. There's a slight twist that I think I anticipate coming, and if it happens, I'm not going to be happy with it. But if you have a recommendation, you can always send us an email. Orange and Back uh, Orange and Backcheck, excuse me, at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, all that good stuff. Just search the podcast Orange and Backcheck and as always when sports comes back, promo code backcheck when you sign up on DraftKings, that'll get you your $1000 sign up bonus.
0: Let me ask you this before we go. Yeah. Tell me a throwback show that you would binge Ooh. right now. Something that that's see. already been on the yeah, something that you could watch.
1: how do we have to go back a certain year? Like I'm a certain just,
0: I have something in mind that I started watching earlier this year and it stopped because hockey started back up with yeah. like I did it around like the break and I re- realized when I was a kid how funny this show was. I started watching it It's on Amazon Prime okay Third rock from the Sun
1: oh yeah, yeah that's, show good.
0: is hilarious. that's
1: a good show like that's that was when NBC. Was in its real heyday, like more th- thir- like, you know, it's so great. NBC's comedy lineup, like obviously everyone's go to, is the Parks and Recreations of the world, and and, and The Office, and I love the Seinf- Seinfeld.
0: Seinfeld was an listen, NBC show.
1: Listen, Uh-oh. someone on on WIP Joe DeCamera, said something that I have been thinking forever now, and I'm what? ready to say it on the air. Say it. Seinfeld is one of the most overrated shows on the freaking. Planet, thank and you, and I tuning like in. Seinfeld's comedy, but this show doesn't do it for me.
0: Thank you for listening to the very last episode of Orange and Backjack.
1: <laughs>
0: no, it is not Listen, overrated. That's one of the best awful. shows that I've ever had because it's about nothing, it's just stupid, I silly can, comedy. I watch
1: any show that's about nothing, literally, any show that you watch is about nothing when you really boil it down.
0: That's not true. It always has its themes behind it. Uh, Seinfeld was literally
1: about nothing, and that's uh, what made it great. Awful. Awful show. But, but if I, I'll were... tell you
0: this, I think mean, I don't really like curb. I know it's gonna sound See, crazy. I'm the opposite.
1: If, uh, I the I'm opposite. not a huge
0: fan of curb. Curb drives me nuts because it's yeah. it kind of slow, but I like Seinfeld because the characters i think we're gonna
1: nothing i think we're gonna have to do a full episode a full episode of this podcast about the differences and betterness of curb versus seinfeld and how they differentiate and how they're they're overrated in seinfeld and great and underrated in curb your enthusiasm
0: you know what we can do let's do this all right so we have a lot to talk about
1: not a lot of hockey but other things to talk about we should
0: do a seinfeld versus curb bracket Ooh, so, I like that. Uh, you, you, you give me some of the best Curb episodes. I'll yep. give you some of the best Seinfeld episodes. And we'll see what we think about it.
1: Okay, I like that. And if you have a suggestion for us, if you have a Curb moment that you want in that bracket, we'll do a field. Of send 32. It, yeah, send
0: it. Send it to us. Send it. Put it on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Send us your favorite Seinfeld episode. Send us your favorite Curb episode or and we'll Put it in a bracket or, or Not yeah.
1: necessarily an episode, just favorite moments. We'll do a field of 32, 16 moments on each side of a Seinfeld and Curb, and we'll figure that. We'll narrow this down on what is truly the best show in terms of Seinfeld and Curve. Uh, thank you for listening as always. Like I said, Orange and Backcheck on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Email and Backcheck at gmail.com. For Scott Weinhardt. I'm Bill Kornfeld. Thanks for listening.
0: Wash your hands!